Thank you very much, Laura. Let's pray together. Father, it would be our desire in day-by-day living for you to be our vision. Through Christ that we can call you Father. It's through Christ that we have life. And it's our desire as we seek to live for you to be open and sensitive to the living Christ, but also what we call written, your written word. As we consider a portion of First Peter this morning, we want to be hearers, doers of your word. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. The believer who seeks to memorize scripture and live it out in their daily lives. The believer also seeks to renew the mind, knowing that the putting off and the putting on of godly thoughts and scripture is an ongoing battle and struggle. The individual seeks to guard their mind, what they feed the mind, what they take in knowing that much of what is available in our world today is not good. They're eager to be taught Scripture, whether it be through reading in their own, through attending church. They seek to daily reflect on God's attributes, Christ's attributes and names. They're learning along the way to admit sin and confess sin, repent of sin, to seek forgiveness in their relationship or in his relationships. The individual often asks others for prayer because the individual struggles with worry, depression, and anger. The individual I described is real in life, who is learning to live out First Peter in day-by-day living. And in First Peter, we find that, we, as we've been going through chapter 1, that in light of the purification that believers have in Christ, we have a sincere love for one another, that is, We're part of the body of Christ. And then he tells us to love one another deeply. That's an agape style of love. And the reason for that is found in 1 Peter 1.23. You've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. And then he quotes from Isaiah. And in light of that, he gives the exhortation in chapter 2, 1 through 3. And I'll read. And keep in mind that First Peter is addressed to a body of believers, not primarily individuals, and we need one another. And he says, therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Again, I mention this repeatedly. The writers of Scripture generally give the foundation, 
the nature of the new life in Christ, who the believer is, their being, and then he exhorts them to action. If you want to say the building, live accordingly. But the being comes before the doing. And in this context, he emphasizes emphasizes that quite strongly. And in verse 22, he says, now that you've been purified, the purification of believers in Christ and their being born again through the living and enduring word of God are not stagnant intellectual truths, but vibrant, powerful, life-changing, motivating stimulation to act from the inside out. Who the believer is in Christ is not something that stops between the ears. We merely think about, we know something intellectually. It impacts day by day living. And Peter makes it clear, as do other writers of scripture, that transformation involves both one unseen thoughts, motives, attitudes, desires, and the seen, the words, and the actions. And it's in that context that Peter says, put off malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind, and put on. Crave pure spiritual milk. I know I mentioned this last week, but it bears repeating. Put off comes first. You can't put off until you put on. Both are essential, but one precedes the other. Life-changing growth will will not take place until we choose to put off and put on. And last Sunday, I used an illustration of a jacket. This morning, I'll use an illustration of a mitten. Here is a mitten that you can wear outside and keep your hands warm. You're going sliding and so on. But if I'm going to put on this glove, I can't put it over top the mitten. The mitten must come off. I think these are my wife's gloves, by the way. If you're going to put on the glove. Over and over in Scripture, put off, put on. And he says, put off. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, those are to be put off. And he says, put on the craving of pure spiritual milk. And it's interesting, he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Peter, in no way, I don't think, is saying in this context that the, his hearers were babies. Rather, he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. The comparison is of desire. Newborn babies desire milk. They desire to be fed. They let everyone know their desire. Peter's hearers are to have a similar desire. If you ever raised a baby, you know that they want milk. And they let you know. They don't give a little grunt and you run over and say, what do you want? 
It's, ah, 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 and you feed them. And that's good for two hours, maybe three hours, maybe four hours if they're really good. And then it's, ah, 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 and then you feed them again. And Peter is saying, like newborn babies crave milk. Do we get fed? Do we drink pure spiritual milk? And then a little later, we're hungry again. And he says crave. It means to desire earnestly. And an example of craving. I have observed people, young people turning 16 years of age. What do they want to do? They want to get their permit. And then they, many times, impatiently wait till they can take their test. What's that? A craving for what? To drive. There's one occasion in our house years ago when the kids were still at home, Ruth had made some brownies. And I think Beth and Andy were dating at the time. One of the first times Andy was at our house, and uh, she said to the kids, there's brownies in the kitchen, and Andy, you better get there in plenty of time. Till Andy got there, there was two left. What are we talking about? Craving. Teenagers tend to crave food. And Peter is saying to these people who have been purified and so on, Crave, pure, without deceit, spiritual, the idea is pertaining to reason, to speech, pertaining to the mind, the soul. He says, crave pure spiritual milk. And what's he talking about when he mentions pure spiritual milk? Some writers will say he's referring to Scripture. And that tends to be the general interpretation. But I want to remind us that Peter's hearers did not have a completed Scripture as we have it today. I think Scripture is involved. They would have had what we would know as the Old Testament. But he says, crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up. In your salvation, they had come to Christ. He wanted them to grow, and they had tasted that the Lord is good. In my humble opinion, I think pure spiritual milk involves Scripture, but in light of the context, I think it also involves all that they had in Christ. All that they had in Christ. If you look at chapter 1 and verse 2, he talks about the fact that in Christ, they have experienced a sprinkling by his blood. In verses 3 through 5, we find that they have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade that is kept for them, and they're shielded by God's power. In verses 8 and 9 of chapter 1, They're experiencing the salvation of their souls. And there are other items, all that they have in Christ. And it's the life that 
they had in Christ, the life that believers today have in Christ that results in growth. I think it also, pure spiritual milk involves Christ himself. In light of chapter 1 and verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Christ is central. In verses 11 and 12, it talks about Christ and predicted the sufferings he would go through and the glories that would follow. In chapters 18, or chapter 1, 18 through 21, talks about the fact that we have been redeemed from our empty way of life through the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without spot or blemish. If you, if you were to turn to chapter 2, 4 through 8, 21 through 25, and some other passages, we see again Christ, pure spiritual milk. All that is had in Christ and Christ himself. But in light of the immediate verses before chapter 2, 1 through 3, it would involve the living and enduring word of God. And then we dis- as we discussed two weeks ago, that would involve what Isaiah wrote. Isaiah appeals to what Moses wrote. So again, we're dealing with the Old Testament. And in light of the day and age in which we live, I think it would include all the revelation that we have in Scripture today, but not limited to the revelation that we have in Scripture involving What we have in Christ involving Christ himself. And Peter says to these people, crave pure spiritual milk. Experience the Lord himself, Christ. Divinely given nourishment supplied by the gospel of Christ. Christ is not a subject to be studied. <coughs> Two E's there on the B. But Christ is not a subject to be studied, but a banquet to be enjoyed. Stop and think about that. We can study. We can learn. We can know Scripture. We can learn about God. We can learn about Christ. But enjoy them. Enjoy God, enjoy Christ, enjoy Scripture. Spent years studying Scripture. I would be tested on Scripture. Not what Peter's talking about. He's talking about an experience. Experiencing Christ living and written. God in Christ alone, God in in Christ alone, both conceives and sustains the life of the new birth. The living and enduring word of God is not about knowledge, but experiencing transformation from the inside out. So I don't know if you as a mother ever did what Ruth Ann did. Hear me out on this. So Danny was crying for milk and then Beth would and then Jason would and Chris came along. 
So she said to Danny as he was crying, Danny, and I want you to understand the value of milk. I'm going to feed you, and here's what milk is really valuable. And here's what milk does, and here's the nutrition that is in milk, and so on. You say, are you crazy? She didn't do that. So how many times are we tempted to analyze and dissect and try to figure things out? And Peter says to his hearers and to us today, crave pure spiritual milk. Enjoy it. Experience it. So that you may grow up in your salvation. So that implies reason. Grow means to cause to increase or enlarge. And the tense in the Greek is passive, which means believers are acted upon. As a believer, as Peter's hearers, as we today interact with pure spiritual milk, as we have discussed, we're acted upon. It produces change in us. It produces growth. So that by it, you may grow up. And think about a local body of believers, to whom, those to whom Peter is writing us today. As the items mentioned in verse 1 are put off, and there's a craving of pure spiritual milk that acts upon us, and what happens? You grow up in your salvation. It takes place. So as a baby craves milk, what happens? They grow up. The milk acts upon them through their body. (coughs) Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And then he says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter's hearers and believers today have experienced the Lord in the following ways in light of 1 Peter, being God's elect, the sanctifying work of the Spirit, sprinkling by Christ's blood, the new birth, living hope, inheritance, inexpressible and glorious joy, salvation of their souls, redemption, purification, and born again. Those are all in chapter 1 of 1 Peter. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Good has the idea of that which is profitable, agreeable, easy as a yoke. You know, when you yoke up, the Lord's yoke is easy, gracious. And the Lord would refer to God and his work through Christ. Taste is an experience. Taste seems to be different than hearing, seeing. Speaking, taste. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Ponder that for a few moments. The Lord is good. I'm God's elect. My identity has changed. I've experienced the sanctifying work of the Spirit. I've been set apart. From being in the kingdom of darkness to being in the kingdom of light. I've experienced that. 
Think about the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. Ties in with forgiveness. Sheet after sheet, after sheet after sheet of sin, but forgiven. The new birth. Being born a second time, that is being born into the family of God. A living hope, a hope that goes beyond this present. That includes the present, but ties in with an eternity. An inheritance that won't perish, spoil, or fade away. Now, we talk about inheritances sometimes, and am I going to leave my kids something? Or someone will say, well, I have this inheritance coming. It's not lasting, though. Might be nice. But experiencing an inheritance that won't perish, spoil, or fade away. How about just the idea of redemption? Being bought out from slavery to sin and being able to have victory over it. That's the idea of tasting that the Lord is good. I know a couple people that can't taste. That makes eating kind of blah. Just kind of blah. What'd you have? Pizza. How'd it taste? Oh, I forgot you don't taste. Do you like the chocolate? I can't ask you if you like the chocolate candy because you don't taste. (coughs) But what'd you have for lunch? Well, I got a Big Mac. What it tastes like? Oh, I forgot. You can't taste. Peter's writing to people. He's writing to believers. Crave pure spiritual milk so that you might grow. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, you've tasted He's good. So crave this milk so that you might grow beyond where you are. The experience of the Lord to this point in the life of Peter's hearers should result in a yielding to longing for pure spiritual milk. The Lord is good. Now with those thoughts in mind, let's think about reality in light of verses 1 through 3 where Peter says, put off and crave pure spiritual milk. What we feed ourselves affects our desire. What we feed ourselves affects our desire. So you have labored over the stove, you prepared a scrumptious meal for your family and they walk in the door and you say it'll be ready in 45 minutes and each one of your kids goes over to the cupboard and gets some candy and goes to the refrigerator and pulls some cold pizza out of it and sticks it in the microwave and when supper comes they say I'm not hungry 
Rid yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Crave pure spiritual milk. What we feed ourselves influences our desire. Give you an example, and I'm speaking only of my own life. I know if I feed myself on very much news, it affects my desire for God. Because my mind begins to turn. This is happening in the world. This is happening in the world. Look at that. I'm not knocking news, but it affects my desire. And just talking to someone this week, trying to help a man in a deep temptation. By the way, no one in our church. I pleaded with him over and over, pursue God, pursue God. And I said that in various ways. And he made an interesting statement. He said, I made a choice a number of months back that if I was going to go down the path that I'm on, I had to make a shift in my thinking. And for the last months, He's been feeding his mind, which has affected his desire for God, for Christ, for Scripture, for believers. And Peter is saying, put off so you can put on. What we desire as a church, a united church, and what we feed on deeply influences our desire. Don't only think about the individual, but think about the body. What are we collectively feeding on? What we desire will be in direct proportion to what we feed on in daily living. How many of you here are willing to drink at least two glasses of carrot juice every day this week? Anyone join me with that? I see one back there, Allie. Do you ever stop to consider that carrot juice tastes good? You say, that's just your taste. I have tasted carrot juice. I've experienced carrot juice, and it's good. say, what do you mean it's good? It affects me physically. I'm not talking mere taste. I'm talking about what it does to me physically. It gives me some energy and a little zap. That's me. I'm not talking about anyone else. I've tasted it. It's good. So what do I do? I crave more. I'll tell Ruth Ann, you're going to the store. Get me some carrot juice. And that's where Peter is coming from. You have tasted that the Lord is good. We as a body, we taste. But it will be in direct proportion to what we feed on in daily living. See, if we feed on something else, then we don't crave that which is good. What we desire will be based upon what we feed on in daily living. What we desire or expect or demand in corporate worship 
or demand from a local church will be in direct proportion to our putting on or putting off all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind? Are we excited about pure spiritual milk when we come together for worship? I just want to experience Christ. I want to sing praises to his name. I want to enjoy reading the scripture and the study of scripture. I just want to enjoy that which is pure. So think about the body, whether our local church or some other local church. The reason we move away from pure spiritual milk is due to failing to rid ourselves of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Peter says, put off and then crave pure spiritual milk. You cut someone down with malice. Your desire to interact with the Lord goes down. We live a hypocritical life and we're not willing to deal with it. Our desire for God, for Christ, goes down. Peter says, deal with these things. Crave pure spiritual milk. Share the account, the true account of an individual who often mentions how God is working in her life. And her desire is obvious, her desire to be sensitive to God, her desire for Christ, for the Lord, for the Word of God. She freely acknowledges wrong and frequently seeks forgiveness of others. She's learning to guard her mental intake. Her desires have changed from taking a lot in from a worldly perspective to just wanting to take more in from God and Christ and being with believers. What is happening? She has chosen to experience that the Lord is good. putting off malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, and her desire for pure spiritual milk increases and is increasing. (coughs) Have you tasted that the Lord is good? Have you come to faith in Christ? Are you enjoying him? Are you experiencing him? And I'm not talking merely filling the head, but actually enjoying him in day-by-day living. And just experiencing him. Much of what we call experiencing God is tied in with the body. And the body is tied in with Christ. And after we sing, we'll have communion because we're reflecting on Christ as Travis comes to lead.